Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Allahumma salli wa sallim ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala ali Sayyidina Muhammad wa barik wa sallim. Rabbi shahli sadri wa sirli amri wa hlul uqtatan min lisani yafqahu qawli. Subhanak la ilmanana illa ma'allamtana. Subhanak la ilmanana illa ma'allamtana. Subhanak la ilmanana illa ma'allamtana. Inna kanta al-alimu al-hakim. Allahumma alimna ma yinfa'una wa anfa'na bi ma'allamtana wa zidna ilman. وعمل الله منور قلوبنا بعلمك واستعمل أبدانا وطاعتك اللهم وفقنا لما تحب وترضى من قولي والعمري والنية والهدى إنك على كل شيء قدير أمين يا رب العالمين Respected listeners, dear brothers and sisters Students, السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته We thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on this day that he has given you an idea opportunity to come to his house and to sit for the dars of tafsir we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that our coming here, may he make it a means of our forgiveness, may he make it a means of rejuvenating our faith, may he make it a means of all of our needs of this world and the next being accepted, all those who are listening elsewhere, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allow our presence here, online or on site, may he make it a means of us all being joined uh, together with the Prophet sallallahu under his throne on the day of judgment, ameen. We, we renew our intentions that we're here for the sake of Allah, we're here to learn, we're immediately number one, to practice ourselves, Number two, to propagate it to others. We make niyyah that, Ya Allah, whatever uh, issues and troubles and trials and fitan that any one of us is going through, Ya Allah, through the barakah of this dars, allow those questions to be answered, allow, those, uh, allow the uh, difficulties to be removed, allow us to be able to find the way out of any type of difficulty that we're going through. Amin, Ya Rabbil Alameen. Last week, we covered the uh, one rukur, complete rukur regarding the parable that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives of the dunya and how it is Zail is going to come to an end everything is, is coming to an end and how just like the water comes in and um, it erase, it, after water comes in the plants grow and after a while when the season changes everything is gone similarly um, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is explaining to us that no matter how, man, how much a person has um, at the end of the day, that's all uh, going to come to an end. Who is the intelligent, lucky one who prepares for the akhirah um, by doing good deeds? When we look at the people who leave the dunya uh, uh, and we see that none of them are taking anything with them except for their good deeds and their soul um, is, is kept in iliyin or sijin based on what the good they did, Allah forbid what the bad they did. Looking at that, hearing those stories, uh, makes a person realize that it's just everything is a farce, right? Everything is so um, fake. Subhanallah. When a person loses sight of that, you look at the narcotics trade, you look at the child trafficking trade, you look at the um, you know arms trade, you look at all of these things that happen in the world. Billions are being made, and more importantly. Thousands of lives are being destroyed. Millions of lives are being destroyed. And you ask yourself, like, what's the reason this is happening? And it just comes down to one simple thing, the love of dunya. That's it. People are so thirsty for dunya, so thirsty. They could care less what, uh, they, what they do business in. They do business of humans. They do business of arms. They do business of anything. No matter how many people they destroy, they don't care about that. Right? What they care about is the dollar amount. So when a person sells his soul to the shaitan, this is the type of stuff he will do. He thinks that he will never die and never perish. And that's exactly what shaitan wants us to think. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave shaitan respite and till the day of judgment. And so shaitan is 
is working super hard to deceive people. And he's given up on trying to change. His goal is just trying to take as many people to hellfire with him. So that's a man on a mission, working super hard, batil, right? Working falsehood, working 24-7, all the time. There's no such thing as rest. There's no such thing as rest. Just constantly trying to deceive people, mislead people, use the muhabbat of the dunya to get people to become blind from the reality. When we, when, on the other hand, we should be asking ourselves, what's our purpose, you know, and how long have we got to live? If we do good deeds, then alhamdulillah, these will stay behind. Today, one of the famous brothers, alhamdulillah, who came here in, in the path of Allah Azza wa Jal, Haji Ibrahim from, from Kerala originally, and he lived in Dubai, an extremely, extremely successful businessman. And there's many, many, many successful business people out there. But what he had done is he had established madrasas in South India and orphanages and colleges and, and subhanAllah, uh, the 100% of the, in, you know, those brothers in the back, why you all don't you come in forward? If you, need the, if you need the support, you can use the support over here. All the brothers in the back over there, there, inshallah, please, this is a small gathering. The closer you come, Allah rewards you every step. You already came to the house of Allah. Now try to get front row seats. You don't have to pay extra for front row seats. You're going to get extra reward. But no extra money needs to come out of your uh, pocket. Alhamdulillah, if you need, if you're having back pain stuff, you can use this, these walls over here. May Allah reward you for every step that you're taking. May He make this a step towards paradise. Amen. So He uh, passed away today. And uh, where was He buried? He was buried inside the madrasa in South India where she had established. My, my classmate is a principal. He's is the nephew of this individual businessman who passed away. And he's also... Uh, the principal of the school or vice principal of the school. Many schools established out there, many madrasas, many orphanages. SubhanAllah, imagine the sadaqah jariyah of being able to, uh, you know, go to Allah Azza wa Jal having had a hand in the education of thousands of men and women, individuals who couldn't afford tuition, individuals who didn't have uh, uh, an opportunity to, uh, to support themselves, to learn uh, and to support them, teaching them dini ilum and dunyawi ilum. I think that is a great sadaqah jariyah. How many of those students today across the globe or all those hundreds of thousands of students that were in his schools must be praying for his maghfirah as, as we are as well. He came here a very extremely humble person. You know, I wanted to just reflect on that. You know, subhanAllah. People speak about fulan is so wealthy, fulan is so wealthy. Look at this, he, you know, it's so hard to meet him. And he's, he's stuck up like this and this and that. SubhanAllah, those, that sifat of being stuck up and, and difficult to meet and, and, and thinking of himself to be full of himself, that's Iblis. That's Iblis. There's nothing to be proud of that, right? There's nothing, there's nothing great to, to flaunt that a person is proud over his wealth, proud or arrogant over his position and power. That's nothing to be excited about. That's nothing to, to, to flaunt. That's nothing to be proud of. Instead, the reality is that Allah gives you everything, yet you are more humble than everyone else. Right? That's, that, that is, that's quality right there. Because your eyes are focusing on Allah. That, yeah, whatever I have, so what? It's all coming from there. How am I supposed to ever think that I am something great? I'm nobody. I went to the well and brought, brought a bucket of water, or two buckets, or three buckets. How do I become rich? Nothing. I just went and got water from the well. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the provider. I just went and He happened to give me something. So I have that. What is there for me to be arrogant about? What is there for me to, to feel uh, superior uh, over others? So what we need to do, munafasa, and compete with one another, my beloved brothers and sisters, is 
the excellence of good deeds. And shaitan will try his best to keep on making us forget what we have. Nabi alayhi salatu wasalam's hadith, Allahu Akbar, he said that, مَنْ أَصْبَحَ مِنْكُمْ مُعَافًا فِي جَسَدِي آمِنًا فِي سِرْبِي you want to become an industrialist? You want to become a you want to become a CEO of a huge company? You already are. What is that? Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi said, whoever wakes up in the morning, he's got three things. Whoever wakes up in the morning, he's got three things. Number one, he's got Amin al Fisirbi. He's he's at peace at home. He doesn't have to worry about being killed, attacked. He is at peace, not worried about anything else that he's gonna get attacked. Amin al Fisirbi. Number two. Mu'afan fi jasadi. He's healthy in his body. He's not falling down sick. Alhamdulillah, he's healthy. And number three, He's got one day's worth of food. <laughs> one day's worth of food. One day's worth of food. Each, each shelf of our pantry has a week's worth of food. It's as though the entire world with all its luxuries have been brought to your feet. Meaning you're the king if you have these three things. So all of us, subhanAllah, Allah has made us kings. We have, alhamdulillah, health. We have peace and aman. And we have definitely more than a day's worth of food. And so another hadith the Prophet ﷺ spoke about, qana'ah, that when a person is um, blessed with contentment, he is successful. He mentioned hadith, qad aflaha man aslama. The one who has accepted Islam, waruziqa kafafan, and he's been given just sufficient. He's been given sustenance just sufficient. Number three, And Allah has made him content with whatever he has given him. He's successful. Three attributes, three qualities. Number one, he's a Muslim, obviously. Number two, is that he's been given just sufficient. Not more than you can handle. If you eat, if you have more than you handle, what happens? You vomit it out. Right? You can't handle it more than that. You break down. So sometimes too much wealth is actually very detrimental. You have to ask Allah, kafafan, just sufficient, just sufficient. And number three, Allah subhanahu wa taala gives you qanaa and contentment with what He has given. So qad aflaha, this person is successful. So this is the theme of Surah Al-Kahf. Again and again, this idea is being, uh, 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 you know, pushed through and presented that make sure you and I do not live a materialistic lifestyle. Make sure. We learn how to, um, uh, you know, control our desires. Control, subhanAllah. You tell, yeah, uh, uh, you know, a, per, a person, the, 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 the materialism and the ego, the worship of the ego and the worship of the nafs has destroyed this generation. This entire social media, what is it about? It's about telling people where you are. When you look at social media, as someone mentioned so nicely, it's, the purpose of it is to make you wish that you were somewhere else, doing something else with someone else. <laughs> Instead of enjoying where you are, with whom you are, doing what you're doing. All the time, wanting something different. You're sitting here, looking at this. Yeah, I wish I was over there. When the guy is over there, he's looking over here. Right? So the whole point of it is just not be happy and content with what you got. Everyone is looking that who's got this, the one who's got a $30,000 car, he's looking at the one who's got the $40,000 car. The one who's got a $40,000 is looking at the one who's got fifty. The one who's got fifty is looking at sixty. Like this. 
So now what happens? You can never be content and happy with what you have. That's one huge harm of social media. Another huge harm or big reason why people are just, they don't, they're mad. You know, if you, take a, if you see someone taking a picture, let's say in Masjid al-Nabwi or Masjid al-Haram, once in a while we do that. Bhai, okay, you're looking at the Kaaba right now. You're making dua. Why are you taking a picture? Ask the guy. Kyung. He doesn't have an answer. I want to send it. I want to, I want to post it on Twitter. I want to post it on my, on my story. For what? But maqsad kya hai? What is the purpose of that you want to post it up? So that someone knows you're here? How does that benefit anyone? That is, does that build your ikhlas? I promise you I saw once, a few years ago, it's gotten much worse I'm sure now, where a man told, uh, you know, there was a person making dua with a big turban. Old man, like from the mountainous areas of Pakistan, you could tell, right? He's sitting there, old man making, making dua. I'm like, oh mashallah, whatever. There's thousands of people making dua. Alhamdulillah. Then lo and behold, I see after a while, he's, he says in his language, how did the picture come out? And I could not believe it. There was actually someone there taking a picture of him as he was raising his hand, making dua in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, apparently. That really, that really, that really, you know, uh, upset me. I felt that this is, you know, mazak and tarta with Allah azza wa jal. You're making a joke with Allah. It's like, okay, ya Allah, I need something, a psych. This is just for, you know, a, a photo op. What is that? But people mindless, like as though they have no mind, they have no sense, they're doing it again and again. Whether in Medina, whether in Makkah, Muslims, everywhere, non-stop, cameras are pulling out. Anything happens over here, cameras are pulling out. But enjoy the moment. You, there's, isn't it true? If you're at a campfire, bonfire, can you ever... Can you ever translate the enjoyment of a bonfire with family, for example, onto a camera? Right? The, the sparkling fire, and the s'mores, and the stories, and the heat, and this nice cold, cold weather. Having heat. How are we going to do that? Just enjoy it instead of trying to worry about taking a picture. But this is the idea to tell people that, you know what, guess what? I'm worthy of envy. I have this, I have that, I have this. Senseless. You know, people are it's like driving down the opposite direction. And they don't understand it. I try to speak with brothers sometimes brothers please do not put pictures of your wedding online please do not picture, put pictures of your spouse from your wedding day online on Facebook, Twitter don't sit there and you know take you know these are things unheard of in a previous generation unheard of that a person would have uh, you know husband and wife having their you know chit chat or having their you know little talk and nudging each other and playful playfulness being presented to the world to see just to make money that's all it is. To make money, to worship the ego. I'm going to get more likes, and I'm going to get you know, more people who are going to be retweeting, or, or this, that, and I'm going to advertisement money. You're selling your soul. You're selling your family. Taking pictures of your little kids, presenting it. Right? No one thinks this is wrong anymore. And these are things just a, a, a decade ago, two decades ago, no one had ever thought that they would do stuff like this. But now this has become the norm. And it goes down to the one simple thing, The love of the dunya is, a, is the root cause of every sin. When we, when we worship that nafs, and we want more money, more power, more material things, my beloved brothers and sisters, we will end up doing things that uh, we won't imagine. I actually told one, one time one person, I said, don't use your children to make money. I said, that's shameful, straight up. You know, I couldn't take it, I just had to tell them. I said, you present your child and you have a whole YouTube channel and whatever the case may be. But do you understand, your child is a little kid. doesn't understand what you're doing. You're using him to make money. Right? What about his future? What about his education? With all, the, with all those views and all those people commenting on his or her you know, looks and room, what, what is this child going to become in the future? How is it going to happen? 
just for making some extra money, you use your child for this? You know, I'm just a person, if I see something that I feel passionate about, I got to tell them. I said, I know you don't know me. You probably think I'm crazy. But I got to tell you this. This is something which I think is genuinely wrong, what you're doing. Don't just look at what others are doing. We have to, we as Muslims, we have to lead the path. We got to tell people. SubhanAllah, right now I feel the only people who've got any rationale are the, are the few Muslims. Right? The few Muslims. There is a lot of khair out in the world. But they don't get a chance to hear these type of discussions. If you go have this discussion I'm speaking about right now, about the hollowness of social media, and about not putting your family out there, I bet you a lot of your, your, your co-workers in seclusion, will, they'll, 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 they, they, they will understand what you're saying. I'll say, man, you know what? You're right. But it's just, well, I'm going with the flow. So we as Muslims need to lead by example. And in our schools, in our universities, in our workplaces, we have to share, we have to speak against this craze of materialism. Now in the year end, when there's a buy, 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 uh, I, you know, purchase, purchase things, subhanAllah, nonstop uh, purchasing of everything. <clears throat> this is a time when we have to take a stand. And we have to tell ourselves we're not going to fall into, into this. So the, similarly, the next rukur is also continuing on with the same, uh, you know, uh, theme. Now behold, we said to the angels, right? Adam, bow your faces down to receive Adam into life and to honor him. So they all bowed down except Iblis. Who was of the jinn? Thus he rebelled against the command of his Lord. Allah says, Will you human beings then take him and his seed as patrons apart from me? While they are an enemy to you. How woeful a substitute this is for the wrongdoers who are godless in heart. Allah Jalla Jalaluhu mentions this story of the incident in which Iblis did not, he refused to worship, he, he refused to bow down out of respect to Adam Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions this multiple times in the Quran. In each place, some new aspect is highlighted. So Allah wants us to uh, think of that scenario, and that, no, I'm sorry, scene in which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala ordered uh, Iblis to, and all the angels rather, all the angels to prostrate to Adam. And so this is called not sujood of ibadah. This is not the sajda of ibadah. This is, this is simply uh, the sajda of khudur. This is the sajda of humility, right? This is the sajda of i'tiraf bil fadl. This is the sajda of recognizing someone's honor, someone's status. So Allah Azza wa wanted all the angels to recognize Adam Asatussalam's status. Uh, and so from here we understand that a wali can become superior. Of course a nabi, but a wali as well can become superior to an angel. Human beings have the capacity to become superior to angels if they work on themselves. And uh, on, the, on the flip side of it, they have, they have the capacity to become worse than uh, jamadat, like you know, uh, animals or senseless things who cannot disobey Allah Azza wa Jal to that level. So, balhum adal. Allah says some human beings are more astray than livestock. So, this sujood al fadl is like, for example, uh, Allah Azza wa Jal said, If I were to ask anyone to prostrate to anyone, I would have asked the lady to prostrate to her husband. What type of sajda is this? This again, sajda of i'tiraf al-fadl. This is a sujood of 
simply acknowledging uh, prominence and acknowledging a virtue. And that basically what that is, that's about, you can say like bay'ah, taking a pledge of allegiance on, on someone being an emir, right, in a marriage, in someone being an emir. That's why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran, chaos is worse than murder. Anarchy is horrible. Anarchy is horrible. That's why in Aqidah Tahawiyah, in the books of, of, of Aqidah, they say, Wala nara al ala al-imam. We, are, we do not see it permissible to rebel against the Imam al-Muslimin. We do not regard it permissible to rebel against the leader of the believers. Because although he may be doing something wrong, when you start a rebellion against the Amir al-Mu'mineen, the after effects of that are horrible. Right? It's chaos and killing and it's, it's really bad. So, what have we been told? Sallu khalfa kulli barrin wa fajr. Perform your salah behind every righteous and sinful imam. If the imam in your masjid, you don't like him, go ahead, still pray. You can, you know, many people are, are, are fooled into thinking, I'm not gonna pray behind the imam because I don't like him or because he's like this. I saw him like this. No, you don't go pray your own jama'ah. That's worse to start your own jama'ah. Astaghfirullah al-Azim. That has happened in certain masajid. So sad. Ajib fitna in masjids. May Allah protect all the masajid from such fitna. Alright, so Nabi Sallallahu is teaching us that you pray salah behind the Imam regardless if he's pious or not pious, sinner or not. Similarly, Amir al-Mu'mineen, if he's there, if you, if you are, this is obviously a very long discussion, but I'm just reading to you the text from the book, which is, we do not regard anarchy as something permissible. So, why is that? Does that mean that every Amir is going to be a good person? No. You just have to make sabr. Sometimes you just have to make sabr, because the alternative is what? Is worse. The alternative is worse. So in, in marriage, you, have, you cannot have two emirs. It just doesn't work like that. When you have one emir, and, uh, and he, hopefully he is just and fears Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then you have a very successful marriage. And if the emir is doing zulm, guess what? There's Malik Yomidin. You know, on top of every emir is another emir. And the greatest emir and the greatest leader is Allah Azza wa And everyone has to face him. No one's going to be able to, you know, If you've done an iota of sin, you'll see its punishment. So no one's going to get off the hook. Everyone's going to get, uh, you know, face their rep- re- uh, retribution of their sin. But when, in order for a marriage to succeed, this is an aspect that is important of, uh, you know, following the guidelines. And subhanAllah, I usually never speak about this topic. Guess what? This is one of the taboo topics, the LGBTQ movement. You can't speak about in Juma anymore, unfortunately. You can't speak about music anymore. You can't speak about all sorts of stuff. And this is another topic that no one wants to speak about, which is the rights of a husband in a marriage. All, uh, you know, attend any nikah, what is it about? It's about the rights of the wife. That's what exactly you speak about. And there's a place for that. Back, you know, there's a place in a generation that was, you know, um, oppressing their women. 100%, that's why ulama spoke about that and wrote about it and whatnot. Uh, and it's, it's a need. But we have, to, we have to ensure our message is tailored to the, the crowd and the community that, um, that we're in. And this is the job of, of imams, this is the job of those who have the mic in their hand to ensure that they address issues that are relevant. And I'm telling you, because with, for every day, you know, every week we deal with tens of divorce cases, unfortunately. And you'll see there's so many issues going on, subhanAllah, so many issues going on, it's scary. But one thing is that there's no concept of an emir in the marriage anymore. 
And that is becomes a very big problem. Everyone says, man mani, no? everyone follows the nafs. If everyone follows the nafs, if the kids are going to say, nope, I'm not going to listen to dad. Daughter says, I'm not going to listen to dad. I'm not going to listen to mom. What's going to happen? You're going to have anarchy. The house will fall apart. And that's exactly what's happening today. No one listens to anyone. Right? No one listens to the husband. No one listens to the dad. No one listens to the mom. It's all falling apart. Everyone is following their nafs. If you want a successful marriage, you want a successful family, those of you who are not married, boys and girls, I'm telling you, this is how it is. You, you make lots of dua, you cry to Allah every single day, you fast, you do sadaqah and say, Allah, please give me the very best spouse. And after that, these are, the, these are the same basic things that we have to understand that in any jama'ah, you have to have an emir. And if you try to supersede that emir and you say, no, there's going to be two emirs on this, then that plane, pilot and co-pilot are fighting with each other, is going to go down, straight down. This is what's going to happen. Right? You, cannot pl- you cannot fly that plane to, to, to uh, your successfully to uh, your destination if this is what's happening. So unfortunately, this is something right? no one is, is there saying, uh, you know, there's a place for that. Uh, and you know, he cries about this in Pakistan, about the rights of wives and women, because he hears all the oppression stories. And once in a while, I do hear it too. I'm not, I'm not, I'm going to say that. I, of course, it makes, it makes my blood boil too when I hear some sisters call, call me and they're crying in, in the middle of the night, like, you know, of what, what's happened. And we deal with it. So that's there. But this new generation, subhanAllah, this is another whole generation. These guys were born and raised here and they're 20 year olds. Uh, it's, it's another, it's, an, it's a whole different set of issues. And these are things that fathers and mothers, before you get your, your beautiful princess married off, guess what? You need to discuss these things. And same thing. Fathers, before you get your knight married off, <laughs> you need to discuss these things. Okay? Don't expect the imam. Say, hey, imam sahab, you got to tell him everything. Yeah, you know, you need to make sure as a mom and dad that you got to lay it out. You have to lay it out that this is what marriage is. Not a joke. Okay? This is how it's going to work. You're not, you're not here as a boss. And you're not here as a also, uh, you know, uh, pain. So you're going to work together. At the, there's one emir, but at the same time, you're going to work together and make it work out. You don't just walk out. Kush biho, anything, I'm out. That's what's happening. Anything happening. Sabka nafs is so big. There was a time before where fathers and mothers, subhanAllah, they would say, no, you know what? We're gonna, we have to make it work out. I can't let the, my daughter just come back home. They're going to make it work out. All right, daughter, come on. Let's sit down. Let's, let's iron it out. Today, the smallest thing, you know, it's like you give a business card. On, on your first night of your marriage, here, here's my card. Huh? <laughs> Forget, you just, I'll send a limo to pick you up. Any issue. If that's the attitude we're going to have at the time of marriage, well, no wonder you're going to have a 50% divorce rate. Right? So from the day one, everyone is, Anna, Anna, I, 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 you know, I, I don't need to bow down. I don't need to humble. I don't need to do any humbling. I don't need to, I don't need to do anything. I, I am the one. Well, that's not how it's going to work. If we want to stop this divorce pandemic, that's what's going to have to happen. That we need to be serious with ourselves, with our sons and daughters. And we got to say no. And I never told you, I never force you, I never put a gun to your head to get you married. But if you want to do it, you better make it work. Don't you come, you know, in two, well, three days, one week, and say, khalas, I'm done with this. You know, this is not a joke. That sternness has to be there from the mom and dad. We can't just be cuddling everyone up and cuddling. If they're not ready for marriage, don't get them married. Don't get them married then. If you think you don't have the, uh, you know, the, 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 ability, the, the, the ability to handle it. Do therapy, do counseling, do all sorts of stuff. But once you send them off, then you have to be strong. And you got to say, nope, you got to make it work. There's no such thing as it failed in three days or three weeks or three months. So anyway, this is, 
what Allah is speaking about the sujood of Adam that the angels were told to do was of i'tiraf al-fadl not of ibadah of, of honoring him because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave him ilm that the angels did not have and from here what you understand is that ilm is the criteria of how people are graded Allah will elevate the believers from amongst you and those who've been given knowledge by many levels. Right? The people, ilm is how you become honorable. One of the kings, uh, the Khulafa, Amir, one of the Amirs of the past, one day he came to, uh, to, to the, the Kaaba to, to do tawaf. And he saw someone standing with his, someone sitting with his back to the Kaaba in a line of people waiting to ask him. You know, questions, fiqhi questions. So he tried to cut in, you know, the king, Amir al-Mu'mineen. They told me, hey, back of the line, back of the line. So then he had a question of Umrah, Hajj, or whatever it was. He said, who is this person? And I'm forgetting the individual, but he was a, a, a scholar. And they said, so-and-so scholar. But who was he? He was, a, he was a freed slave. He was previously a slave. At that time, he said, subhanAllah. He said, this is what I need to tell my sons to acquire. I need to tell my sons to study ilm. That is how my prince, my son, will become worthy of something. Look, today, I as a king had to go at the back of the line because of knowledge. I as a king had to go at the back of the line because of knowledge. So if my children don't have knowledge, they're going to be in the back of the line. Today, and more importantly, where? Tomorrow on the Day of Judgment. Right? So this is, a knowledge is king. And that's it. Ensure that we study ilm and we encourage our children to study ilm. So Iblis was never from the, he was not a fallen angel. That's what clearly the Quran says. He was from the jinn. So just like Jibreel is the leader of the angels, similarly Iblis is the leader of the shayateen. And in terms of uh, the Quran says, You have taken him and his children, his progeny, his seeds, as gods besides me, as patrons apart from me. So how does he have children? This is something that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows best. However, we do have a hadith, very interesting hadith, where Nabi alayhi salatu wasalam said, Do not be from, from amongst those, لَا تَكُنْ أَوَّلُ مَنْ يَدْخُلُ السُّوقِ وَلَا آخر مَنْ يَخْرُجُ مِنْهَا Do not be the one who enters the marketplace first, nor be the one who leaves the marketplace last. Do not be the one who enters the marketplace first, nor leaves the marketplace last. Because that's where shaitan leaves his eggs and that's where the eggs hatch. Interesting. So this hadith uh, mentioned um, by Humaydi uh, from Salman al-Farsi anhu in his hadith in which he's gathered those hadiths which Imam Bukhari and Muslim both have. So this is an authentic hadith. Um, it's telling us that the marketplace is, is a place of shayateen. Now the marketplace is no longer you know, your local store. You have the virtual marketplace. You have, <laughs> that's the worst one. Because you're in it right before you go to sleep. You're in it as soon as you wake up. La ilaha illallah. The virtual marketplace. And now you're going to have this uh, new virtual world, this metaverse, that's gonna have, that already has a marketplace in it. So just now you thought the stores closed at 9 p.m. But not anymore. Right? It's been going on for decades now. Or a dec you know, that you have the online marketplace. So, Bazaar. What happens in bazaar? What happens in a marketplace? Buying and selling. What does buying and selling do? It creates ghafla and heedlessness. And that's what shaitan loves to do. Through buying and selling, excessive buying and selling, a person forgets his maqsad. It literally is addictive. 
You go press Prime. You know, ship arrived by 5 p.m. Just buy this, buy this, buy that, buy this. Then go return this, go return that, buy this, buy that. This is very addictive. You know, and so this is what it means that shaitan is in the marketplace doing his things and you got to make sure that you're not the guy who's there alone with him. The first to get in, alone with him. Or the last to get out, alone with him. So Allah Azza wa is saying, how can you be worshipping him alongside with me when he is your enemy? That's the shocking part. Why do you love shaitan when he is your enemy? And this is a theme throughout the Qur'an. You know, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala keeps on mentioning to us that shaitan is our enemy. Shaitan is our enemy. Shaitan is our enemy. Why is that has to be mentioned so many times? It's because no one, people don't realize it. People do not recognize the, uh, the, 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 uh, the extent shaitan goes to harm us. The extent shaitan goes to harm us. For example, you want to pray your sunnah of Isha. You want to pray your sunnah of Maghrib. Ab now, what happens? You just finish your Maghrib. All of a sudden, your son is a Baba. Or someone in the back of the mosque, hey, bye. You stand up and you leave, you speak to him, and then you walk out. What happened? You miss your sunnah. This is all planned. It's planned that this person, he's instigated after, after Maghrib or after Isha to call your name. He remembers to call you. He says, can we do a quick planning? Can we talk about this? And the purpose is for you to neglect your salah. You're about to walk out. You looked at your watch. You keep on looking. There's 10 minutes left for Isha. I'm going to go. I'm going to go. All of a sudden, something spills. You spill something. And now you're sitting there cleaning that up. Or your kid all of a sudden starts crying. What happens? You, before you know it, you see Isha missed. Every day, shaitan is out there trying to harm us. That make us neglect our salah. Make us neglect our zakah. Make us neglect our sadaqah. Make us say something which we shouldn't. Right? Just instigate us to make us say things. When a person out of anger swears at someone, curses someone, or Allah forbid he divorces his spouse, right? Or you walk out. All of these things, where is this coming from? Anger. So shaitan is pressing the buttons. So he's our enemy. That is why, my beloved brothers, misyan, forgetfulness is something so simple. You forgot. You're like, I just forgot. But guess what? The Quran says forgetfulness comes from where? Huh? Shaitan. We're going to cover that in the next couple of weeks. Shaitan made me forget. Shaitan made me forget. Musa and Khadr's story. So the fact that you just, because what happened? You forgot, and then someone entered the door and caused damage because you forgot to lock it. You forgot to put your seatbelt on. You forgot to bring your, your spouse something and it became a big issue. Man, how can I forget? This fight wouldn't have happened if, if I didn't forget. Yee. That's the whole issue. If forgetfulness is being mentioned, that it comes from shaitan. That he wants to make you just mess up your life. So if forgetfulness is coming from shaitan, like forgetting to recite, Subhanallah, Alhamdulillah, La ilaha illallah, Allahu Akbar after every salah. Forgetting to recite Ayatul Kursi after every salah. Right? Forgetting to recite Allah ma'inna ala dhikrika wa shukrika wa ibadatik or morning and evening duas. All of this, if this is coming from shaitan, then what happens? What about the rest of the things? If something as so-called obvious you know what we usually say? I think, come on, man, this is just like normal. No, as forgetfulness is normal, but Allah attributes it in multiple places in the Quran to shaitan. So your tripping of your tea, or sorry, your, your, your dropping of the tea and having to you clean up your clumsiness, which made you have to clean up in Mr. Salah. Why can't that happen from shaitan? You see what I'm saying? That a person 
That's why, what do you say? What do you have to do? You have to keep on seeking refuge in Allah Azza wa Jalla from the Akash Shaitan. Don't ever underestimate what He's trying to do. Any anytime you miss, anytime you miss your amal, anytime you don't do what you're supposed to do, immediately you seek refuge in Allah from the Akash Shaitan. Say, Ya Allah, I'm not like that. I, I'm a good. I really, really want to worship you, but Shaitan made me forget it. Shaitan made me miss this. So immediately you make tawbah and istighfar, and you do so much tawbah and istighfar that you make up for what you have lost, as it's mentioned. If I'm not mistaken, of Muawiyah radiallahu anhu, that he did not wake up for tahajjud salah once. And he overslept. And he woke up in the morning, when he realized he missed his tahajjud, he cried so much, he cried so much, did so much istighfar, that what happened the next night, when he was sleeping, someone came and woke him up for his tahajjud salah. When he woke up, he said, who are you? He said, I'm shaitan. What have you come to my house for? I came to wake you up. What have you come to wake you up for? He says, because yesterday I made you oversleep. And the, the amount of istighfar you did ended up becoming more weighty than had you even prayed tahajjud. So I thought that was a lose, lose situation for me. <laughs> Let me try to wake you up so that you don't do that. What, this, is, this is powerful right here. <clears throat> that when, we don't, when we're supposed to do something which we're not doing, how do you make up for it? You make up for it by doing tons of istighfar and seeking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's protection from the evil shaitan. Shaitan is not someone you can shoot and destroy with a nuke. You can't. You cannot. He's an invincible makhluk. Allah created him. But the only way you can save yourself from him is asking Allah to protect you. Hide behind Allah. No place to run, no place to hide from Allah except by coming back to Allah. So when we run to Allah and say, Allah, please protect me from this monster. That's the only way you're going to get saved. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that's why. In multiple places says, He's adu. Why are you? Uh, 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 falling for him. You know when you get a vaccine, when you're getting exposure to a, a certain virus so that your body builds up its own immunity to be able to handle it. This is kind of like what's happening over here. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is, wants us to build an immunity within our body to shaitani influences. And that's why he shares the story of Adam so many places. For us to reflect that this khabis, this evil shaitan is, is so bad. He, he messed up with my father. Right? Someone says, hey, he hurt you. you know, he, 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 this man over here, he hurt your father. He took away his land. He usurped his land. Huh? That makes you upset? Really? My God, I'm not going to let this guy go. Well, that's what Allah wants us to feel towards shaitan. That he, uh, he, he tried his best to mislead Abuna Adam and make him forget what he was supposed to do. Then not eat from the forbidden tree. And that he is said in the Quran, Oh Allah, I am going to attack uh, major, I'm going to attack the uh, creation, the, the children of Banu Adam. Okay? Hanak is your, um, uh, your, your uh, what do you call this? The upper part of the mouth. Palate. Right? So when you have uh, when, you ha when you have the rope around the pallet or inside the mouth, <laughs> that person not going, the horse is not going to go anywhere. Right? You got full control. When you have uh, the, 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 the rope in, in the pallet itself, there you go. The Quran says, Shaitan says, I'm going to put a rope around the pallet of the son of Adam. Can you imagine that? I'm going to just completely have full control. I'm going to pull him. I tell him right, he goes right. I tell him go left, go left. Except for a few. What do you see in these musical concerts? What do you see? What does the music industry do? What do you see these musicians do? Huh? Working with, with Iblis to mislead the masses. 
you know, without listening to that, just watch. And watch what people, the youth, and the, uh, the young, you know, young generation, how completely they have, have been misled by shaitan. Who are the most powerful people today? Artists. Who are the ones who have the highest social media following in the world? Are artists, musicians, period. They're the ones who are running the, you know, the, the show. And who are they? They are definitely agents of shaitan. And that is uh, what the Qur'an is speaking about. That he hates us. And he, he hates. Why does he hate us? He says, I made a mistake. I did not bow down to Adam. I was already sour enough that Allah made me bow down to him. I was already sour enough. You created me, Ya Allah, from fire. And you created him from, from the jinns of the earth. From the soil. Why do I need to bow down to him? That was bad enough you told me to bow down to him. And then when I said no... You, you disgraced me and you told me you kicked me out you told me get out of this garden and you are cursed that, that pinch that hurt him really bad that hurt his ego that hurt his ego so now he's made it a vendetta the rest of his life that's all he's gonna do is go after you and I so the Quran wants us to as I said think about this animosity that he holds and say we are not going to obey him while leaving Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I did not call any of them to witness the creation of the heavens and the earth, nor even the creation of their own selves, nor would I ever take the evil misleaders as assistants. What the Quran is saying here, you, are worship, you would like to worship shaitan. Now many of us may be thinking, who amongst the average person is a satanist? Yeah, there's a lot of Satanists out there nowadays, uh, you know, through music world who are Satanists, genuine Satanists. Uh, you know, read the news of all that stuff that happened in Houston. Look at how Ajib, Ajib the Jali Satanic stuff that's happened over there last month. And then what's happening this past weekend in the Middle East and things of that. So Satanic. But you don't have to be at that level. Simply listening to Shaitan, listening to the whisperings of Shaitan, makes us a Satanist. In that sense, in that regard. Every time we disregard what Allah says and we listen to the whisper of shaitan. We look at haram, we listen to haram, we speak haram. What has happened? We've obeyed shaitan and left, left Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So Allah says, why are you choosing to worship shaitan and make friends with him? What has he done? Has he created the world for you? Did you all create the world? Did we create it? Right? Did you all send down the water from the clouds or did we send it? Right? So this is, uh, what, what, uh, this is exactly what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is telling us over here. Is a why are you worshipping these shayateen? Do you think that they were there from day one? And the answer is no. Another very nice point I want to share here, subhanAllah, is that today we have the scientists and others who speculate how the world was created. Right? We say how the world was created based on what? Based on wahi, revelation. By Yamanapas, we weren't there. No, revelation says this is how the world created. SubhanAllah, this ayah is such a big slap in the face to those people who speculate falsely how the world was created. The Quran says, I never asked you to be there when the heavens and the earth were created. You were never at the table. Nor were you there watching how you yourself were created. Meaning, you don't even know how you were created, much less how the world was created. So, speak with proof. And the greatest proof we have is what? Wahi. Revelation. If you want to say it just was a big bang out of nowhere, it, you know, bring a proof for this. Bring a proof for this. Why are you seeing these things? So mashallah, this ayah is a really nice, if you all think about it. It's a, it's a very nice ayah 
to refute those people who promote theories about how the world was created without a burhan, without a dalil. And their only dalil is speculation. And they think that speculation, their speculation for somehow becomes a solid proof. And what we say, wahi, unfortunately, according to them is what? It's dhan. It's just a mere, you know, conjuncture. Wara'al mujimun al-nar. Allah says, then the defiant unbelievers will see the fire of hell. And they will realize with certainty that they are they will realize with certainty that they are about to fall into it. Yet they will find no escape from it. So Allah Azza wa Jal says that the, 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 the disbelievers will be looking at Jahannam from far away. فَظَنُّوا and they will, they will now realize that they're going to fall into it. But it's not right there. You know, sometimes, that's what they say, right? The fear of death is worse than death. That if they were to fall right then and there, it would have been over, done. But they can hear the crackling fire of Jahannam. They can see it. Jahannam is being brought forth. Jannah is being brought forth. And you can hear hasis, the crackling of the fire of Jahannam. All of those things are happening. The Jahannam is about to burst open out of anger. Ajib. Jahannam will have the hissing sound of anger. Growling sound. So when people will hear this, they will be worried. They know that they're going to fall into it. They'll be wishing that it would, they wish they would have come to an end right now. But it's a 50,000 year long day. 50,000 years. It's not going to end so soon. It's going to be a long day. So this adds to the horror. This adds to the horror, the fact that they, have, they are not falling into it, but they know they're going to fall into it. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that they will not be able to find any escape from it. What, what is this um, uh, ruku' about again? Same thing, that Iblis stands for materialism. Adam stands for a life of faith. Faith versus materialism. Which this battle, you know, we talk about fitna, you know, uruj pehe. Fitna is too much fitna around today. It's hard. Guess what? The armies of Haq and Batil have been fighting from the day one. This is an old, you know, running game from day one. The, you know, you can choose Hezbollah, Hezbollah Shaitan. Be part of the army of Allah, be part of the army of Shaitan. But guess what? This fight started thousands of years ago. It doesn't just start today. It, it, it's just the way the tactics are changing. So social media, metaverse, virtual world, uh, smartphones, 100%. This is the new, new methodology that Iblis is using to create ghafla within me, within all of us. Allahu Akbar. But that is why inshallah, ta'ala, we are going to be starting a, a, a new annual retreat. We have our spring retreat or summer retreat. We have our winter intensive that's coming up this weekend. We have our Sira conference. Inshallah, in the month of February, ta'ala, we will have a no tech retreat. Right? 48 hours in the house of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala without any phones, without any technology, with i'tikaf, with fasting, and with talks dedicated to spirituality. Time for people to sit and do dhikr and to build their relationship with Allah and speak also about their issues with various, inshallah, visiting scholars. So please make dua for the success of that program and we're gonna and for the for the proper planning of that this is gonna be on the long weekend in February inshallah hopefully February was at 15th or 19th that um, what's that weekend in which there's President's Day is that what it is? 
Huh? What's in February? The public holiday. Huh? President's Day, right? So the 19th, I think so. 18th, 19th. That weekend, inshallah, tabarak wa ta'ala, will be this retreat. Hakikatan, we all know where we stand, man. We know this cell phone, this technology being hooked has just completely destroyed us, our relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So distancing ourselves from that for a couple of days, inshallah, will be give us a breath of fresh air. And then we'll be able to realize. Like, it's like you're in a smoker's lounge. You're sitting among smokers. You don't realize what's happening. Secondhand smoke is killing you. It's only when you get out of that lounge, you go out and about fresh air. Like, oh my God, this is how it's supposed to taste. This is how it's supposed to feel. And then you go back into the smoker's lounge, you're going to start coughing all over, yeah? But when you are sitting with, with smoke, you're not going to understand how detrimental and horrible it is. It's when you take a breath of fresh air, go outside, then you realize that that was, that was horrible. That's poison. So you and I are consuming poison every single day. Poison. But we just don't have ihsas of it. We don't realize it. It takes time for us to separate ourselves from that. And that's maybe something to do this winter break. Uh, you can maybe go with your children to a place where there's no reception and do a road trip, a uh, nature walk uh, for a day, you know, to a place where there's no reception and just, alhamdulillah, enjoy nature, connect with nature, connect with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Make, we'll do it with the snow and with the stream water, yeah? And just sit there and look, look at the sky. Just look and marvel. You know, this, these are things that we're supposed to do. Look at the mountains. Look at, look at the stars. Look at the clouds. Every single thing is so beautiful and inviting towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But we're sitting there just looking at images on our phone, thinking about the, you know, the uh, resolution has a high, this higher. The highest resolution is you throw this away and look outside. That's highest resolution, right? There's not, no better resolution than that, right? So I would recommend uh, to all of you, inshallah, to see if you can take a, 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 even a day a hike somewhere uh, with your family, with your friends, and make it a no-tech um, day, a no-tech walk, a no-tech outing, and help yourself get, you know, get a breath of fresh air. So this is what um, uh, th- this ruku is about. Allah Azza wa Jal says, وَلَقَدْ صَرَفْنَا فِي هَذَا الْقُرْآنِ لِلنَّاسِ مِنْ كُلِّ مَثَلٍ now truly indeed we have varied in this Qur'an something of every kind of illustration for the good of all people. Yet of all things, man is most argumentative. The Qur'an is not boring. The Qur'an changes it up. Sometimes it's Jannah, sometimes Jahannam. Sometimes stories of the past, sometimes uh, asking us to look, in about, look into nature. Sometimes reflecting about how Allah uh, uh, destroyed a nation. How Allah SWT saved a small group of people who are firm on their faith. So there's always different stories, different ways that Allah mentions the same thing. Maybe if this doesn't get to you, that will get to you. If this doesn't get to you, that will get to you. Right? So there's so much variation. If you have the exact same thing being presented, it becomes monotonous. Right? So we cannot be, you know, monotony, monotony is not good. We don't, we're not very receptive to that. So Allah Azul changes it. But He says, unfortunately, this human being is most argumentative. What does that mean? That uh, the fitrah of human being is that uh, very few people are just going to say Samiana wa ta'ana, we listen and obey. They want to sit back and they want to argue about everything. You know when we talk about our children, uh, you, know, you don't want to listen to what parents say. You want to you respond back. That's what it is. This is a weakness that we have. Because if human beings did not have these weaknesses, we would think to be ourselves to be all-powerful. The Qur'an speaks about many weaknesses in the human being. Allah says, خُلِقَ الْإِنسَانُ هَلُوعَ خُلِقَ الْإِنسَانُ ضَعِيفَ Okay, وَكَانَ الْإِنسَانُ جَهُولًا لِيُعَذِبُ اللَّهُ الْمَافِقِينَ وَالْمَافِقَاتِ وَالْمُشْرِكِينَ وَالْمُشْرِكَاتِ 
All of these like weak attributes that a human being is oppressive. He's ignorant. He is um, quick to lose hope. Uh, he's weak. What are these things? In reality, these things make us understand the need of Allah. If we were like rock hard and not emotional and did not take effect by our environment, a person may never would think that he would need Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. See, this is an interesting thing. So these weaknesses are actually beneficial for us. When you're, when you're, when you're broken, when you're heartbroken, what do you do? You run to the masjid. When you're sick, what do you do? You run to Allah azza wa jal, you give sadaqah. So this weakness within us is actually beneficial. It makes us turn to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Beloved youngsters, you know, when a person turns old, becomes elderly, and is filled with all sorts of, he's surrounded by sicknesses, for him to find himself coming back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is easy. What the real kamal, the greatness is when a person is in the height of his youthful years, and then to find yourself in the house of Allah, that is kamal, that's greatness. That's why Nabi Sallallahu said, from amongst those seven categories of people who will be enjoying the place under Allah's throne is Shabun Nashafi Ibadatillah, a young person who grows up in the worship of Allah. Right? So why should we wait for problems to happen? Why should we wait for a problem in, in sustenance, a problem in our family relationships, a problem in our job to find Allah? The Nabi said, there are certain people who will be dragged in chains to Jannah. There will be certain people who will be what? Dragged in chains to Jannah. What does that mean? They didn't want to come happily to Jannah. They, had, they didn't want to come. Allah said, come. I won't give you problems. Just come and pray your salah here. And do your dua and do your dhikr. Happy. No. He didn't want to come. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had to put difficulties upon him. Only those difficulties came upon him. Then he started coming to the masjid. Then he started coming towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa said, there are certain people who are going to be dragged in chains to the, to the Jannah. Alhamdulillah, at least they're still being dragged to Jannah. MashaAllah. They're lucky. They're lucky that at least that difficulty brought them to Jannah. I'm sorry, brought them to the masjid. There are people who difficulty, unfortunately, takes them even further. But we should aspire to be from amongst those who do not depend, who are not, who are not in need of, of that type of difficulty before we come towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Instead, we say, Allah, we're going to come to you happily. Rabia Basariya, uh, rahmatullah alayhi, it's mentioned, that she mentioned that there are, there are three types of, um, uh, three types of servants. Al-ibadu thalatha. She said there's three types of servants. Al-abid hum al-ladhina ya'buduna khawfam min nari. They're the slaves who worship Allah out of the fear of His fire. Ghulam. They worship Allah out of the fear of His fire. tujar, And then there are business people. يَعْبُدُونَهُ طَمْعًا فِي جَنَّةِ They worship Allah with a desire of His Jannah. Then they are والأحرار. They are the free people. أحرار. عَرَفُوا أَنَّ لَهُمْ رَبًّا They recognize that they have a Lord. فَأَطَاعُوهُ So they obeyed Him. وَمَا مَقْصُودُهُمْ جَنَّاتُ عَذٍ وَلَا الْحُورُ الْحِسَانِ وَلَا الْخَادِمِ وَلَا الْخِيَامِ Their purpose is not the paradise of eternity, nor the daz- beautiful dazmals of Jannah, nor the beautiful homes of paradise. Their maqsad and their, their purpose is, Nadr al-Habib, to look at their beloved. Fadamunahum, 
That is their goal. And she says, this is the end result or this is the goal of an honorable group of people. My beloved friends, that why not we try to enjoy worshiping Allah while we're healthy, while we are wealthy, while we have all our issues taken care of. That worshiping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in this situation is much better. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa said, the best sadaqah, you know what it is to give best sadaqah, my friends? He says, best sadaqah is when? Anta sahihun shahihun taqshal faqra wa ta'mirul ghina. He says, the best time to give charity is when you are healthy, shahihun, and you are greedy over more money. You're like, you can enjoy the money. You can buy a new car right now. You can buy a plane ticket to some vacation destination. You are healthy. You can use your money. Shahihun, and you desire more. Takshal faqra. You are actually scared of poverty. Man, if I donate too much, I'm not going to have anything left for next year. Wata'marul ghina. And you desire and you have hopes for wealth and access of wealth. He says that is the best time to give charity. And not, he says, when you're at the time of the, the death and you're saying, this belongs to this one, this here, take this, take this, this, this. And he says, the money doesn't even belong to you anymore. You're on the throes of death right now, the money belongs to who? Your heirs. And now you're handing out money, doling it out because you don't need it. That is not the best time to give sadaqah. The best time to give sadaqah is right now when you're healthy and alive, you can enjoy it, and that's when you're giving it. So, alhamdulillah, it's so nice to see so many young brothers and sisters, inshallah, coming to you know, the house of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on these Tuesday nights, even though it's cold. You hani'an lakum. Hani'an lakum. Congratulations to you all. Tuba lakum. You know, it is an honor of Allah upon all of you. And you should genuinely feel, as you walk away today home from, from this place, you should genuinely feel thankful and grateful to Allah. You have been awarded a huge plaque, the likes of which there is none, from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That if you're 18, 19, 20, 25, and you're in the house of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on a Tuesday evening, you should thank Allah Azza wa Jal so much. And you should try your best to become an agent of khair that brings others as well. So now you, this is how you add, add value. How much ibadat are you going to do? How much ibadat are you going to do? You have tw- only 24 hours in a day. You need your 8 hours of sleep, 8 hours of work. How much ibadat are you going to do? But you bring a few other brothers and sisters to the house of Allah. And you become a means of them getting connected to the masjid. MashaAllah, they may end up getting further ahead than you. They may end up becoming a student of knowledge. But guess what happens? You get the commission. You will always get the commission. No matter how high he goes, you'll get the commission. Because you became the source of them connecting to the house of Allah. So every one of you, just ask Allah, that Ya Allah, make me from amongst those who becomes a peg of the masjid and make me from amongst those who is able to connect people towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We have our upcoming... Uh, uh, winter intensive, uh, you know, uh, coming up inshallah on Saturday. So I request everyone to please, uh, please, please try your best to attend. Uh, attend that. Class starts at 10 a.m. 9.30 is registration and coffee with the teachers. And uh, you may have heard that there are five parallel sessions. Five parallel sessions running simultaneously at Darul Salaam. All of them are going to be running from 10 to 6 p.m. 6 p.m. will be Isha. After Isha will be Duru Sharif and, and Vikr. Right? So make sure you don't miss this out. What are the five parallel sessions? Um, you have the youth, uh, little kids, six ages six to nine or six to ten. Then you have youth from ten to uh, fourteen. And then boys and then girls. That's four sessions. And then you have our adult session. So there's, what are the classes?
What are you teaching? Okay, so who? To, who? Uh, to which age group? 11 to 14 year olds, right? Islamic well-being, mental health, physical exercise, right? You have a, a mashallah, physician here teaching, alhamdulillah, the students that. Then you have, um, you know, a, a, a portion of martial arts display. Then you have, uh, you know, the masail of bulugh, becoming baligh, and, you know, reaching maturity. All of those things. There's just so many things that, subhanallah, that need to be discussed, that need to be taught. Um, and alhamdulillah, our teachers have made an amazing schedule. Our students, our teachers, our volunteers, may Allah reward them. Um, all of them for doing that. So I want you to please someone, one of the students saw this, he's like, man, there's so much work that went into this. I said, yes, we're doing all of this for you. If you, just, if you don't show up, then that's going to be really sad. So we want you all to please become ambassadors. All of these brothers here, if every one of you makes niya right now, that you're going to go home, and inshallah, you're going to try to invite, inshallah, 10 families. Say inshallah, 10 families from across the country who are sitting at home, they're not doing anything, tell them, come. If they're coming to Chicago for something else, tell them at least come visit for a few hours. They can, you know, they can, they can stay in one of the Muslim-owned hotels here. Or they can do atikaf in the masjid. Dinner and breakfast and lunch will be provided for those who are doing atikaf. And the rest of the day, the program will be, you know, lunch here for those who are attending the program. So I request all of you to please make full niyyah to inshallah come and attend. We have Ustad Fahad Taslim, Sheikh Shanawi, and Ustad Mubin Vaid, all three new scholars, new speakers to our community. Um, amazing orators, you're gonna love it, especially the youth here. I'm telling you, you guys are gonna really, really, really enjoy uh, the presentations. Alhamdulillah, they're awesome in, in their delivery, in the, in, the, in the topics that we have chosen for them. They're experts in it. Inshallah, you will really be the to Allah feel inspired. And what is it about? It's about building a confident Muslim. Who doesn't want to be a confident Muslim, right? Who doesn't want to help answer questions of so many of our family and friends who are going through doubt? So, to dispel that doubt and to deconstruct that doubt. This is what this seminar and workshop is about. So I request you to please adjust your travel plans to make sure you're here for these four days. Inshallah, you want to, you're going for Umrah, Inshallah, go after that, go before that. But don't, these four days, Inshallah, plan. Now the 2022 calendar is outside. Please take it on your way home. If you want to donate something for the printing cost, please do so. If you cannot donate, no problem, take it. But my main point is, the rest of the entire year's schedule is done. We, what are the dates for next year's winter intensive is already there. So I request you to keep that. So when you're planning your family trips, you can base it around that so we're not missing out on these opportunities to benefit from what is that, whatever is happening over here. Inshallah, let's do some dhikr and then and conclude today. La ilaha illallah Muhammadur Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam La ilaha illallah 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 Muhammadur Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam 
لا اله الا الله 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 محمد رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم لا اله الا الله 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 محمد رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم another zikr today la hawla wa quwwata illa billah لا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله 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 لا حول ولا قوة إلا لا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله لا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله لا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله صلى الله على محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم 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 
صلى الله على محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم صلى الله على محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم صلى الله على محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم صلى الله على محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم صلى الله على محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم صلى الله على محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم استغفر 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 <coughs> I want to make one announcement before we do the dua. Um, there is a, a, a um, cost for the winter intensive just to cover the cost of bringing in our speakers and all of the overhead for that. However, as always for any of our tuition-based programs, no one has ever asked, no one has ever shunned away or no one is told to leave because they're not able to afford it. So I want you to please share that. $25 is for the students, right? $25 covers all four days of tuition, complete not in 9.30 to 6 p.m. plus lunch for $25 for all four days. That same food is going to cost you maybe 50 if you go out to eat. So alhamdulillah, but if someone is not able to afford it, please let them, just tell them to come over here. And this is not a uh, you know money-making uh, class or something of that sort. This is simply to cover the cost of certain things. Um, and so do share that if someone says that they find it difficult to pay, alhamdulillah, no problem. There are other resources and other brothers always are willing to cover the cost of things. May Allah bless them and reward them for that. اللهم انت السلام لك السلام وبارك على الجلال والاكرام اللهم لك الحمد كله ولك الشكر كله اللهم لا نسيك انا عليك انت كما فنيت على نفسك ربي اغفر وارحم وتجاوز عما تعلم انك انت العزيز الاكرم لا اله الا هو الحي الكريم سبحان الله رب العرش العظيم الحمد لله رب العالمين اللهم انا اسالك موجبات رحمتك وعزائم مغفرتك والغنيمه من كل بر والسلامه من كل اثم اللهم لا تجعلنا في مقامنا هذا ذما الا غفرته ولا هما الا فرجته ولا مريضا الا شفيته ولا دينا الا قضيته ولا ضالا الا هديته ولا سائلا الا اعطيته ولا حاجه من حوائج الدنيا والاخره هي لك رضا لنا فيها صلاح إلا عنتنا ويسرتها لنا يا رحم الرحيمين اللهم اشفنا وشي مرضانا ومرضى المسلمين اللهم اشفنا وشي مرضانا ومرضى المسلمين وارحم موتانا وموتى المسلمين وانصر المستعفين من المسلمين في كل مكان والله ويأسي الاكسبت اس كاذرين يا الله please make this a means of removal of all the rust from our hearts make it a means of nur of the Quran entering into our hearts يا الله make it easy for all of us to become students of the Quran lifelong students of the Quran make it easy for all of us to be inspired to recite Quran daily make our children and our spouses from amongst those who recite Quran daily والله ويأسي you to grant us hearts that beat with your love tongues that are moist in your remembrance Allow us to shed tears out of your love. O Allah, make us amongst those who are blessed to be able to stand for long, uh, long periods of time in salah, in tahajjud, in nawafil. 
Ya Allah, make us punctual in our salah with jama'ah in the masjid. Make us punctual with salah with jama'ah in the masjid. Oh Allah, make us punctual with salah with jama'ah in the masjid. Oh Allah, uh, put muhabba and love between the spouses, between parents and children. Oh Allah, create an environment of love and comfort within the homes. Oh Allah, remove all the evil effects of shaitan from our homes. Please remove the evil effects of shaitan from our marriages. Please, Ya Allah, remove the evil effects of shaitan from our households. Oh Allah, we ask you, Ya Allah, put understanding and love within the spouses and parents and children. Oh Allah, create, an, a, create a, a, holistic, a, 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 a beautiful, loving, environment in our homes, Ya Allah. Oh Allah, we ask you to bring sunnah and deen into our homes, Ya Allah. Make it easy for us to follow the sunnah in our homes. Oh Allah, we ask you, Ya Allah, to grant us all the akhlaq of Rasulullah Grant our spouses, our children, our parents, our siblings, the akhlaq of Rasulullah Oh Allah, allow us to embody the very best of akhlaq. Allow us to control our tongue. Allow us to control our eyes. Allow us to control our ears. Allow us to control our mind and our thoughts. Ya Allah, save us from leading a life of materialism. Oh Allah, save us from leading a life of materialism. Oh Allah, allow us to save us, save us from leading a life of following our nafs. Save us from following a life of, of, of falling to the temptations of our nafs. Allow us to control our nafs. Allow us to control our nafs. Oh Allah, allow us to submit to none besides you. Oh Allah, save us from following shaitan. Oh Allah, save us from <clears throat> Ya Allah, befriending shaitan. Ya Allah, allow us to make shaitan as our enemy as you have asked us to do so. Allow us to be able to see through oh Allah, the smoke screen that he has put in front of us. Allow us to see through and see his tricks as he, choose, as he tries to, Ya Allah, and, uh, uh, to mislead us. Ya Allah, allow us to see his tricks. Allow us to understand his tricks. Allow us to see how he is Ya Allah, harming in each and every one of us. Ya Allah, in, in various different Ya Allah, ways. Oh Allah, and then save us from his plots. Save us from his planning. Save us from his bakar. Oh Allah, save us from his deceit. deceit Ya Allah, save us from his deceit, Ya Allah. Oh Allah, we ask you, Allah, to allow this upcoming winter intensive to become a means of hidayah for thousands and thousands of people. Oh Allah, please make it a means of hidayah for thousands of people. Make it a means of saving the iman of those who are losing it. Oh Allah, and bring iman back to those who've lost it. Oh Allah, oh Allah, we ask you to make this a means of saving the iman of those who are losing it, Ya Allah, and bring it a, a means of bringing iman back to those who have lost it, Ya Allah. Oh Allah, allow these programs to become extremely successful and allow it, allow its khair and barakah to spread throughout the globe, Ya Allah. Oh Allah, allow more and more people to come and benefit from these programs. Oh Allah, allow all those who are listening here, allow them to become ambassadors. Allow them to benefit, allow their family and members to benefit as well. Oh Allah, whatever logistical issues there are, oh Allah, we ask you from your fadl and your karam through the barakah of this gathering in dhikr. Oh Allah, please remove all obstacles and all issues in, in terms of any and all logistics of the event. Oh Allah, and allow everything to happen smoothly, successfully, ya Allah, peacefully, ya Allah, without any hiccups, ya Allah. Oh Allah, we ask you, ya Allah, those who are sick amongst us, oh Allah, grant them shifa, grant them shifa, grant them shifa. Oh Allah, those who have requested for dua, oh Allah, we ask you to make their sickness a means of their forgiveness of their sins, make it a means of the elevation of their status. Oh Allah, those who have passed away, oh Allah, forgive them, grant them jannatul firdaus. Oh Allah, wherever the ummah is suffering in any part of the world, we ask you, Allah, to remove their suffering and make their suffering a means of the forgiveness of their sins. Oh Allah, whatever issues any one of us is sitting here with, oh Allah, whatever problems and difficulties any one of us is going through, be it related to their children, their spouse, their parents, oh Allah, their job, their health, Oh Allah, through the barakah of this gathering, remove their problems, remove their problems, allow them to understand what they need to do. Allow them to find solutions to their issues, Ya Allah. Subhanahu wa rabbika rabbil izzati ma'asifun wa salamun al-mursaleen wa alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Ameen.